Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. In 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Father, as we study your word tonight, we thank you for open ears, minds, and hearts that will receive knowledge of the truth that will make us free. We thank you for the Holy Ghost to enlarge our capacity to receive this revelation, knowledge, wisdom, understanding, and ability of all the things that pertain to life and also godliness. I thank you for utterance to proclaim the truth and the power of the Spirit that our faith would rest not in men's wisdom or human philosophy, but in the power of the resurrected Christ and living God. In Jesus' name, amen. Not too long ago, a particular minister was, really who was noted for having spiritual manifestations in her public meetings, such as bleeding from her hands, bleeding from her feet, bleeding from her side, from her back, from her head, her forehead, also manifesting oil out of her hands and feet. As a matter of fact, it would just ooze out of her hands and, and ooze out of her feet in such a way that even many of the spiritual leaders in that particular area that she ministered actually believed that these were all special manifestations of the Spirit of God that were happening in her ministry. So, of course, everybody wanted to have her to come in and minister. I mean, you know, this is wonderful. I mean, a spiritual phenomenon. I mean, we're looking at all these manifestations supposedly of God. And, of course, you know how people are. You know, when something is happening somewhere, everybody wants to flock together, run over there and find out what's going on and what's happening just to see what it's all about, to become a part of it. Well, of course, she was discovered as being a fraud or a false teacher. I don't know that you want to say a false prophet, but I guess you could tag that person as being a false prophet because of what the Word of God says, but at least a false teacher, a false minister, somebody who was really deceiving people. Actually, sometimes during the meetings, what she would have happen was oil would just begin to ooze out like of her feet, and create puddles there on the platform where she was ministering. Just puddles. And she would claim that I'm just so full of God, so filled with the life of God that it just oozes out of me in liquid form. Now, once again, when I say this to you, I'm not talking about ministers and spiritual leaders who are not well known in the faith movement. I'm talking about people who are well known among the faith ministers who just accepted and received this ministry wholeheartedly and really believed that this ministry was ordained of God. That's how real it appeared to be. Until, of course, she was discovered and, you know, some used particular means and methods to determine for sure that she was a fake. As a matter of fact, one of the manifestations that she had that was the new one. You know, when you get involved in doing things like that, you've always got to come up with something new all the time. That's the problem with this. 
when people see, you know, these things happening, blood appearing, we're talking about literal blood appearing from the palms of her hands and from her sides, the back, you know, her back and also from her brow and, and all that. And then, of course, it shifts over to the oil, the oil being manifested and, you know, this particular phenomenon happening, a spiritual uh, sensationalism taking place. Then she moved over to feathers. And she would have the people in the congregation bow their heads in prayer, of course. And uh, she would say there was a divine manifestation of the spirit of living God. And, as, of course, proof of it, there were Holy Ghost feathers. Well, he's a dove, you know. Now, once again, I remind you that supposedly being so authentic that even spiritual leaders in the faith movement, well-noted spiritual leaders who, if I would mention their names, you would know. So I will not do that, but let me just say that they were, many of them believed that this was something that God was doing at this time. You know, people are always given to sensationalism. I mean, when God began the, the Pentecostal movement way back when, you know what took place just on the day of Pentecost. People came from everywhere to see what was going on. People were being healed through the divine power of God. And you saw people flocking to the disciples and, you know, in effort to get their loved ones delivered and set free. And as things begin to you know, happen, that's what takes place. Back in the Azusa Street Revival, when people heard about what was taking place, how people would walk in that place and go in there, get saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, speak with other tongues, delivered from their sickness or affliction or bondage, and they'd go out the other door, and I mean just totally delivered and set free, people would flock to that place because they, they you know, wanted to be in the move of God, so to speak. And there's nothing wrong with what was happening in a lot of those places, but... You know as well as I do, if you just go on back to the time of Moses and Aaron and you find out that when, you know, God told Moses to deliver the people of Israel out of Egypt's bondage, what happened? Didn't the magicians counterfeit everything that Moses did? Absolutely. There's always a counterfeit part to it. We understand that God has power that, you know, can cause things to happen in this natural realm of life, but Satan can also counterfeit all the things that... God does. Many of the things that God does. Of course, he couldn't overcome because greater is he that's in us than he that is in the world. And we understand that. But still, people who start out legitimate in the things of God, who are not satisfied with their walk and, and experience what is called spiritual boredom, usually give themselves over to other things and other methods and other avenues of experiencing realities with God, so to speak, if you want to call those realities because they really weren't. Now, the scripture that this particular woman used to support what she was doing was found in Acts. Hold your place there in, in 1 Timothy, because we're going to go back to it and explain some things. But in the book of Acts, chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, you recall when Peter was anointed and filled with the Holy Ghost, he began to speak words of utterance, and in verse 19 he says, And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath blood and fire and vapor of smoke. This was the only scripture that was used to support the fact that, see, this manifestation of blood is a sign given to the people of the world to know that God is really working through my life. And there was blood. They saw the blood. And that was a sign or a wonder that was given from, 
from above for what purpose? To draw people in, to get their attention, so to speak. Now, that's the only particular scripture that she had used. Well, going back to the first Timothy, anyone, as far as I'm concerned, taught in the Word of God knows that these manifestations cannot possibly be supported by the scriptures. For an example, if you'll just look to the life of the Lord Jesus Christ himself, may I ask you, who was more, more anointed than Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power? Was there anyone alive more anointed than he was? The Bible says he had the spirit without what? Measure. Well, obviously, he was so full of God. He was God, full of God, filled with the Spirit of God. Without measure, that means he had the full measure of the anointing of God in his life. Do we ever have a record in the Bible where oil oozed out of his hand or his feet? Do we ever, in the Scriptures, have another account of his blood ever being shed or manifested in any way, shape, or form other than the Garden of Gethsemane where it just says, as he was sweating as if it were drops of blood? We have no other record of his blood ever being manifested in any particular spiritual or supernatural, spectacular way other than when he died on the cross. So even though he, the Son of the living God, was filled with the Holy Ghost without measure, there were no manifestations recorded in the Bible as that were happening in her ministry. And she's not the only one. There are others. Now, if you'll do some study and research, you'll find out that in third world countries where paganism runs rampant, superstitious people worship statues that are actually crying, or supposedly they've seen blood. And in some cases, pictures, like a picture of the crucifixion where supposedly blood would begin to run down. Now, you hear a lot of that taking place in, in you know, those third world countries where paganism you know, just runs rampant and all that, and people are taken back by that because it's something that is, you know, spectacular, sensational, something that is just beyond the natural or the norm. And so they flock to that. They seek, you know, to pursue something like that. And I think recently in this area we had a little bit of a situation. Do you remember that? Or a supposed, you know, statue or crucifixion, you know, you know what took place there. Or the eyes open and, and all that. And some people are just wondering, my goodness, you know, what, what is this? Is God really manifesting himself in a particular way and, you know, doing things like that? I'd like to read to you, if I may, from Rick Render's book called Merchandising the Anointing, the account of the blood and oil sign and show you just exactly how far back it goes. Because, you know, sometimes people ask, well, what about some of these things? Are these things legitimate? Is God really working in that way? Look at, I mean, they, they talked about this, this thing that happened. Eyes were opened. There's tears coming down and, and all that. Or there was blood coming out of a picture and, and all that. Is this really legitimate? Is God really behind this? Is God at work? At, you know, is, is he trying to get people to come? And all of a sudden this place is filled with, the church is filled with all these people, you know, coming to, to find what's going on and, and, and hear about, and be a part of what is happening there. Is it genuine? Is it real? Can we really take away from things like that? Listen as I begin reading to you a little bit that was written. Talking about the blood and oil, this strange phenomenon of nail prints mysteriously appearing in the hands and feet, a pierced brow, a pierced side, and a lashed back, go all the way back to the Dark Ages, to the year A.D. 1224, when these mysterious bleeding lacerations first appeared on the body of a well-known friar, St. Francis of Assisi. 
Since that time, more than 300 different individuals throughout the world have experienced the same horrible and pain-stricken condition. There is Emil Beccaria in 1238-1278 who bore the marks of a crown of thorns. Elizabeth of Kirkenrode, 1275, who went through the reenactment of the crucifixion every 24 hours beating her body so hard and loud until it could be heard blocks away from her home. Helen Brumson, 1285, a Dominican nun whose back was terribly mutilated with the marks of a vicious scourging. And Therese Newman, 1898 to 1962, who had bleeding from her, her shoulder where the cross was carried and also bleeding from her knees, from her hands, from her feet, from her back, from her side from her forehead, from her eyelids. We have to ask this question. Is all this the work of the Holy Spirit? Is this the Spirit of God manifesting Himself in a particular or certain way, demonstrating signs and wonders to people to attract their attention to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, it's certainly something that is supernatural, and in a lot of cases cannot be denied that there is a supernatural work behind it. But, beloved, either it is something that has to do with a person's bizarre mental condition, or it is something that has to do with the activity of demon spirits. Because there is no account in the Word of God and no record of anything in the Word of God that can support or substantiate anything like this ever happening. Signs and wonders can be as I said, copy. And demon powers and demon forces will always do anything and everything they can to distract people away from the truth of the Word of God. And if it means causing something like that to actually occur or take place or happen, then believe me, their hand would be in it. The Bible teaches us that Satan can appear as an angel of light. And if we go back again to the Moses experience, you find out when the rod was thrown down, the magicians copied everything that, that was done by Moses. So we understand that there's a counterfeit also, part two, the supernatural. Now, when it's bizarre, as you know, we're talking about, and once again, remember, some of the religious or some of the leaders in the faith movement were deceived because of the genuineness of the experience. But they were only deceived for a short time until finally this person was exposed. Now, this person was exposed because someone took film and footage of some of the meetings and began to focus in on certain points and began to see where this person was actually doing these things herself. I mean, it was, believe me, trickery. It's almost like, you know, a magician would do, you know, on television or at a live performance. That's what this person was doing. It's called merchandising the anointing. And you talk about the, the money that was coming in. You talk about the money that was... We're talking about... We're not talking about a few hundred people coming to see this person. We're talking about thousands of people coming to find out what this is all about. And we're talking about giving large you know, donations and offerings to these people. And what they're actually doing is just, once again, merchandising the anointing. And I share with you also how this... Another individual did the same thing, which we call merchandising the anointing, by making up a fictitious testimony saying that she had a mastectomy and, and 
God had restored her body. Actually, she went further and said that she had cancer throughout her entire body. Both breasts were removed through surgery and through prayer and believing God. She was delivered from the cancer that spread to her brain and every part of her body. And she was delivered and set free. And also, her breasts were recreated by God through a miracle of God's miracle-working power. Now, this person stood behind a pulpit and took that kind of a, a message and just took it around. We're talking about the nation. And I'm telling you, people, just, people would be moved to tears when she would begin to give her testimony of how terrible she was and how bad off she was and, you know, and all that. And then finally moved to a place where they would just be so excited as she began to share her testimonies to how God miraculously healed her body and recreated these, you know, her body parts. Now, people of God... This went on, and she received all this money and everything else and, you know, from people everywhere in this nation until finally someone began to do a little bit more research because of the bizarre things that begin to take place afterwards. You know, you give people just a little bit of rope, they'll hang themselves every time. And because of some bizarre activity that took place that surrounded her life, and the same thing with this other particular woman, you could begin to see that there wasn't really much stability in the Word of God, and their testimony didn't really line up. And so as a consequence, you know, her life was investigated and she was found to discovered to be a fraud once again and she never had a problem with her body. She never had cancer. She never had surgery. She was just going about. You know, you, you, know, you, you think that people wouldn't do that when it comes to the things of God, but that's, that's what people do when they're given over to these wrong spirits. So what I want us to do is go back to 1 Timothy chapter 4. We're, we're there in 1 Timothy verse 1. And... 1 Timothy 4 and 1 again. And I want you to notice in verse 1 the expression speaketh expressly. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly. The word or the expression speaketh expressly means spoken clearly. It means unmistakably. It means vividly, undeniably, and without question. So what it's saying is that the Spirit of God looked down from that time through the ages and began to speak out things that were absolutely, positively, definitely going to happen. He's not think or saying that, well, something might occur. He is saying this is going to happen. So be warned, beware that things like this are about to take place and more of it will take place down the road somewhere. As a matter of fact, you will notice in the expression that in latter times, latter times means the last season or the last period of time. So he looks down through the ages and he begins to see some things. Now the Spirit of God can do this without a doubt because God knows the past, God knows the present, and God also knows the future. Amen? So he looked down through the ages and began to speak to the Apostle Paul and said, tell the people that in the latter days, in the last times, the last season, when it gets toward the end of all things, when Jesus is going to come back and ret you know, return for the church and all that, the rapture of the saints, and the latter days or the latter times, the Spirit is speaking clearly, cannot be challenged, cannot be questioned, unmistakably, vividly, clearly, undeniably, this without question is going to happen. And what is it that's going to happen? In latter times or in those days... Some shall depart. Some shall depart. 
some definitely will depart. And what will they depart from? From the faith. Now, notice the word depart there. And in the Greek, it means to withdraw from, shrink back, or shrink away from. Some will draw back or shrink away from, from what? The faith. Sometimes that's not as clear. What it really means is they're going to shrink, shrink back or withdraw from accurate, concise teaching of the Word of God. For faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God, the counsel of God, the genuine Word of God. Now remember this. You can't withdraw from something that you don't have or didn't begin in. He's talking about those that know Christ, those that know God, those that know the Word of God, but yet... They withdraw from the sound doctrine of the Word of God. They withdraw from faith to fanaticism. They withdraw from faith in the real genuine Word of God as being taught by the, you know, by the apostles and, and prophets, the Lord Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone, to sensationalism. Things that would tickle a person's senses and excite them in that natural realm and appeal to them and their sensual desires. He says they'll depart from the faith. And you put that all together, and what it really is speaking out about is this. A slow, unnoticeable, inch by inch, step by step, over a period of time, withdrawing from. It's not something that just happens. All of a sudden, one day, I decided to wake up and no longer preach the truth in love and speak the word, you know, line upon line, precept upon precept. It's talking about a little by little, inch by inch, step by step process. See, this is the, the work of demonic activity. It's not something that all of a sudden takes place in a person's life overnight, just like that. It's due to certain circumstances and strategies of the enemy that, an enemy that appeals to the situation of a person, finds or discovers how that person's life is or is not going, and then develops a strategy or a plan to attack that person and undermine the truth of the Word of God as he really sees it. And to be frank about it, a person who is in a position or a state of spiritual boredom is a person who is open to that kind of deception. In other words, someone who is, well, I've learned that in the Word of God. I know what the Word of God says about that. You know, I'm ready to go on to other things. Well, I want you to notice here that the Spirit of God was warning that in latter days, people are going to depart from the sound instructional teaching of the Word of God, and they're going to give place, little by little, to seducing spirits, and also to sensationalism in all kinds of doctrines that are not of God or from God, but, of course from satanic influences. Now, it doesn't say... Um, it doesn't say why, but I think it does imply some things here. Look at the next part of that. Some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits. In other words, what they're going to do is begin to preoccupy their minds and their understanding 
with an abnormal preoccupation of signs and wonders and spectacular manifestations. And what it's really implying is that through spiritual boredom, because, well, you know, I've attempted to apply the principles of the Word of God to my life, and my, it requires a lot of diligence. Or maybe it's this. I'm kind of disappointed because, you know, I tried that faith business, I tried walking in that Word business, and, you know, I just really haven't seen, to, I haven't gotten anywhere with it. I haven't gotten too far down the road with it. Or, you know what, really, to, to apply all that to my life is not an easy thing to do. It's, it requires so much diligence and study, and, you know, it just requires a close walk with the Lord. That they get to the place or the point of disappointment, that they're disappointed with their walk with God. Or they're disappointed because it's, it's too tough to get it through the Word way. And so instead of having a, a, a blending of the Word and Spirit in their lives to create realities, they want something that will enable them to have an experience with supernatural powers and manifestations quickly. This is what we want, isn't it? This is what people want today. I want my miracle quickly. I want it to happen now. You know. And so what it's saying is they're going to be seduced by spirits. Seducing spirits. Giving heed to seducing spirits and also doctrines of devils. They'll want to preoccupy themselves with signs, with wonders, new revelations, supernatural phenomenon. We're talking about spectacular things taking place and occurrences that are in the spiritual realm. That's what they want. We're getting a little bit bored. See, we know the message of, you must be born again. We know the message of being spirit-filled. We know the message of being healed with his tribes. We were healed. We know about paying our tithes and honoring God with our giving. We know about the blood covenant relationship that we have with God. We know about being delivered by the power of God and through the Word of God. We know all these things. Beloved, it's really true that we're living in a day where people really have a lot of the knowledge of God. At least we can have it if we want to. We're exposed to a lot of truth. But the problem with that is when we just keep feeding on the Word of God, 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 and getting more knowledge and 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 more knowledge, and never use the knowledge of God that we have, never act on the Word of God to create reality within our lives, then all of a sudden that spiritual boredom begins to set in. Oh, I've heard that message before. You know, husbands, love your wives, as Christ of the church. I've heard that message before. Now listen. Inch by inch, step by step, little by little. It does not happen overnight. These people have been accustomed to and used to going off and preaching and teaching the Word of God. People would come forward. They would get healed. It's not enough to have the power of God go through them and maybe they fall on the ground by the power of God. And, and then instruct people in the Word of God, take them in a side room somewhere and sharing them about being born again, sharing with them about how to maintain their healing or how to keep their deliverance. See, this, this kind of stuff is now getting a little bit old. We've been through all that. We've been exposed to all that. We've seen miracles happen like that. We want something new, something fresh. We believe God's that way. It doesn't happen overnight. 
little by little by little by little by little inch by inch by inch by inch. Hey, do you see what's happening down the street? And then they want to begin exposing themselves to other things. New revelations. New spectacular manifestations. What's God doing now? Running here and running there. Trying to find out where God is moving. Where the next move of God is. What God is doing right now in this spectacular way. And wanting to become a part of that. And there is such a yearning on the inside of these people to have spiritual manifestations spectacular manifestations and also new revelations, guess who begins accommodating them? Seducing spirits who have doctrines of devils. And all of a sudden, things begin to happen. Beloved, it is a well-known fact that demon spirits can cause the body of a person to bleed. It is a known fact that people have had bite marks of demons in their bodies. It is a known fact that some people have actually, in confrontation and conflict with demon powers, trying to destroy them, literally kill them, spiritual beings that they actually saw with their own eyes but others could not see, pulled hair out from this being that was attacking them. And the people that began to work with this, these people, they saw the evidence of it. They actually saw it in their own hands. As a matter of fact, this particular situation, one particular minister from Indiana, who uh, is involved in much of deliverance ministry, was in a foreign country. And asked to minister to this particular person who was demon-possessed. And they didn't know what to do with her. They had her in prison and jail and all these sort of things. And she was having all these manifestations. As a matter of fact, they thought she was a lunatic. Until one day they were checking her over on the table, and all of a sudden the doctor who was checking her saw bite marks going up her leg. And here she was screaming, and all these bite marks were going up her leg. And finally she grabbed a hold of this thing and just pulled on it, pulled on its hair, and... When they got the hair out of her hands, began to investigate and said it was of a kind that's not known to mankind. No kind of animal hair or anything like that. They didn't know what it was or where it came from. But she said she actually saw the demon spirits attacking her body and that's why she grabbed. Now that was manifested in this realm and they actually saw it. So these demon powers are real. These demon spirits are out there. And they do endeavor to control the minds of people, control the lives of people, and get a hold of the lives of people, if people will allow it. And it's not only with, as I said, people that are unsaved, it's also with people who are in the faith, who once again, for whatever reason, through maybe disappointment, through maybe, you know, this is a whole lot to do, or whatever, begin to want to experience something more in Christ. Some more manifestations of supernatural abilities and powers. We want these spectacular things, Lord. This is what we are looking for. Beloved, there has to be a balance between the Word of God and the moving of the Spirit of God in, in all of our lives. We can't get over on this side of this and say it's all Word. And can't get over on this side of this and say it's all Spirit. 
And I really believe that the two camps have been that way for a long period of time. What God is looking for is for people to come together with the work of faith and power. The two coming together combined to make a powerful supernatural force for God here upon this earth. People who are schooled in the Word of God. People who know how to flow with the Spirit of God and are so in tune with the genuine that they are aware of a counterfeit manifestation of another spirit that would try to seduce the people of God. But this does prove and go to show to all of us here that people, we're talking about in this country, we're talking about in the Bible Belt is where this happened. I'll go a step further. We're talking Tulsa, Oklahoma here, folks. Where, no, those people would never be deceived. Oh, yes. We're talking about right there where big ministries are. And people should not be deceived. But because even those people there who have been exposed to all kinds of wonderful ministries and teachings from the Word of God, teachers who really give them so much of the Word of God that we just get to the place of being so saturated in the Word of God but not doers of the Word of God and therefore don't have our own reality with God. And when people don't have that reality with God for themselves, once again, because of not being that doer of the Word of God, it's easier to go and find these other things because this is a quick way to get what I want. To get my need met. And that's what was happening. And then little by little things began to erode in that person's life, in those people's lives. And they begin yielding themselves inch by inch, slowly by slowly, little by little, to what? To these spirits that would be seducing spirits. And then before you know it, they begin having, having spiritual manifestations. And are deluded or deceived or seduced very subtly into thinking that these are manifestations of God. Now, what I was getting at is if a, if a child or a person can be bitten by demon spirits, and those marks can be left on the body, why couldn't a demon spirit also lacerate a person's back? Why couldn't a, a demon spirit also put marks on a person's forehead until blood begins to drip? Why not? Well, they certainly can. See, why couldn't a, a demon spirit do these things? We saw what took place with the magicians and, and all that, and how they mimicked or copied, you know, everything that Moses did. We saw all that. Well, the same thing is true today. But people should be more aware because we have the Word of God. We should not fall into things like that. But, beloved, it's been happening. And as I said, it's been happening among those that should know better. So we need to be careful and aware of the time in which we are living. And I really believe that, you know, we're, we're in a position, I really believe, that a lot of these things that take place really don't hit us heavy here in the area that we're at. It's, it's kind of slow getting our way. But it does make its way around, believe me. And, you know, for that reason, we are protected, so to speak. And, and, and it does amaze me because I see how many people that, that if they were in a position, you know, some people just can't really be in a position like that. Where there's all kinds of ministries and all kinds of exposures and, and all these different things. Because, beloved, you may not be able to handle being in that kind of an atmosphere. I know when I went to Tulsa, Oklahoma... There were so many beliefs, so many doctrines, so many manifestations, so many things that it just made me cringe. And I'm talking about wildfire fanaticism, spectacularism, and all that. That you had to be really strong in the Word of God and in spiritual understanding. Because if you were not, you'd be just sucked right into it. 
so easily, and I saw so many have that happen to them. One of the first meetings where we were at in one of the, one of the uh, churches down there, there was this husband and wife team, and I mean to tell you that they would just come and get, they get all the people from the congregation and just get them, and it was a small place, and they would stand them up at the altar. And the one woman, she, well, the, the husband, he would go and he would just begin to pray with other tongues over the person. And then after he prayed for about four minutes in other tongues, then the, then the wife would go into an elaborate utterance that would supposedly give direction for this person's life and as to what he should do with his life. And you have to understand this now. I'm just newly saved. I'm just you know, new to the faith and all that. And I'm really so far away from, from all things. And there I am. And my wife and I are there. And you know, we're observing all this and happening. And we're kind of skeptical about what's going on here. Because we saw all kinds of stuff taking place at the school. I mean, we're talking about people that are just given to anything that comes down the pike. Do you know what I mean by that? I mean, just swallow anything hook, line, and sinker. Just as long as it's in a church, man, it's, it's okay with them. You know, and as long as you call it, you give a chapter or you give a verse of scripture, then it's okay with them. Doesn't matter what happened. And everybody was just—I mean, they were just running to get this this revelation for their lives. And I'm sitting back there, and I'm, I'm thinking, I know I read in Brother Hagen's book that the prophetic office and gift really is, doesn't operate that way all the time. These people, everywhere they go, no matter who they're at, where they're at, they could be anywhere in a store, they could be anywhere. This is what they do. Does God really move that way? And I would sit back and question, and sometimes you kind of want to kick yourself and say, are you being too critical and judgmental about these things that are happening? But I realized, believe me, as time went by, that I wasn't off for, for challenging those things as to whether or not they were from God. To make a long story short, the people got off. And terrible things began to happen in their lives. You see, you can't toy with those things for but a period of time, and then all of a sudden... As I said, you give yourself enough rope and that's it. Spiritual things are important to our lives. But what's most important is genuine spiritual things happening in our lives. And not for the sake of satisfying my own desire to have some kind of spectacular, fresh, new, something with God. Should I... Give myself, avail myself, make myself open to seducing spirits who would want to just oblige me and just, just, you know, just meet my every need and desire and, and begin a slow work subtly in my life of causing me to withdraw from the faith. See, it's like this. Strong in faith. All of a sudden, boredom. Now... Spectacular manifestations are yours if you want them. You can yield to familiar spirits. You can have words of revelation, knowledge, and wisdom, and understanding, and all these different things if you really so desire. So people withdraw from the word. I want this operating in my life. Boy, it excites me to have these supernatural workings in my life. And then little by little, they withdraw inch by inch. More leaning towards these spiritual manifestations, less leaning toward the word way. Besides, people, the word's too hard anyhow, isn't it? I mean, it requires diligence on my part. I've actually got to study, you know, to show myself approved to God. Show myself approved to God. 
People don't get off because they want to get off right away. Do you understand that? What I'm saying is it doesn't happen overnight. Beware, people of God. Beware as to who you listen to. I'm going to go show you some other things. There are those right now that are actually up there in airplanes, jets, flying high above cities. Now, these are well-meaning people. I want you to understand that. These are people that we love because they're in the body of Christ and have a genuine experience in Christ. But they're of the opinion that if you get up in an airplane up above the clouds, you're more effective in pulling down satanic strongholds. And so they're really, you know, climbing buildings, getting to the top of buildings, and also getting up there in the skies, you know, in, in airplanes, renting airplanes, leasing airplanes, and getting up there. And attempting to pull down satanic strongholds. What I'm saying is that's how it starts. I'm not saying that these people are, you know, off on these wild tangents and all that. What I'm saying is that's how it starts. Well, I'm just glad to know that we could be, we were here in this church tonight, 5 o'clock, praying and doing the same identical thing. Right here, walking on the floor, you know, right here. Where I like it better on the ground, you know, just, I know the law of gravity works. But we're pulling down satanic strongholds. And we can join ourselves in faith together, believing God. And we did that same identical thing. You don't have to get up there. But what I'm saying is when people start doing things like that, beloved, this is when people start. I know this might floor you. You, you may think this is ridiculous, but, you know, I know no one in Pennsylvania would do anything like this. But, you know, in this other state, this is what they were doing. They're actually getting down. First of all, some group were getting in their, in their fatigues, army fatigues, and going into the church. And they were doing spiritual battle and warfare, dressing up like soldiers. Now, you didn't know that was more effective, did you? You'd be here 5 o'clock next Sunday. <laughs> How about this one? Then, then there, there, this, this, there's another group barking like dogs in the spirit. Barking like dogs in the spirit. Now, see, that sounds funny because it's ridiculous. But you know, what I'm saying is when people start doing things like that inch by inch, step by step, Little by little, they open themselves up to what? Seducing spirits. Very subtly doing what? Drawing them away from what? Depart from the faith. Beloved, next time you hear that, remember these words. Depart from the faith. We can actually say it this way. Depart from walking in faith and begin walking in spectacular manifestations and sensationalism. That's exactly what he is saying is happening. They're seduced by these spirits, giving more place and attention to these manifestations than they are the Word of God. And all of a sudden, little by little, that shift changes. And then you know what? They lose out in here when it comes to walking in the faith of God, walking in the Word of God, and experiencing the miraculous supernatural working of God's power as they apply the principles of, of the Word of God to their life circumstances. Beloved, and no one's exempt from that. You know, in this place right here, we can hear so much of the Word of God and just become, you know, so saturated with the Word of God. If we don't act on the Word of God for ourselves, we can be given to those things where we're looking or leaning towards spectacular things happening. And opening ourselves up to wrong things. All that we need is in the Word of God. And every manifestation that we have, a spiritual one that is, must align with the Word of God. Otherwise, it's not genuine. 
And if we want to be protected, then what we need to do is, as believers is to look to the Word of God, stay in the faith. And every manifestation that we have in the spiritual realm, align it with the Word of God. And if it doesn't align with the Word of God, like I said, where in the Bible have we ever seen anything like oil just dripping from someone's palm? Now, what she did was had shot some tubes up there, see, and had the oil coming down, and, and the same thing with her, with her feet. And in some cases, now let, let's go a step further, but in some cases there were actual manifestations of demon spirits that would draw blood, that would have blood. Can you imagine your body being lacerated? Now we're talking about, I hope you got this. She, in some cases these people weren't beating, they weren't inflicting themselves. Do you understand this? We're talking about manifestations where they were actually bleeding from sources unknown as far as who was inflicting them. And people thinking that this was God because it's supernatural. So it must be God that's doing this. See? Oh, God must be doing this with these statues, making these things happen with statues. But, beloved, I, I quite frankly tell you that God's not doing that with statues. That's, there's nothing biblical to support that kind of a manifestation. God is not doing that. The enemy can appear as an angel of light and do things to copy or mimic the things of God. It's not God doing those things. We have no support for it biblically. So, don't open yourself up, and I should open up myself to, once again, seducing spirits. See, when you stand behind a pulpit, beloved, do you know what the temptation is? The temptation is for a person back here to perform, because people come expecting you to perform. Do something spectacular. And when a person back here behind this pulpit feels he is under obligation to perform something spectacular, to have a great meeting, look out, that person's open. See, pressure could be put upon a person. I'll tell you what, there's some things happening that just trouble my spirit right now. You know, hooked up with these different people that you've supported and you've given money to. I've done the same thing. All of a sudden, you get all these letters in the mail. Have you received some of the letters from some of the major ministries in the mail? Where, here's a prayer cloth sent to you. I received a prayer cloth one time that it was not anointed prayer cloth from a major ministry that you know about. Now, you send that prayer cloth back to me with a donation, and I'll anoint that thing and pray over it, and you'll get a miracle. You know what I say? That's merchandising the anointing of God. What I say to that is this. If you sent that prayer cloth out, you should have anointed it, prayed for it before you sent that thing out without expecting anything in return and said, thank God for your miracle. Believe God. The power of God is saturated in this cloth. And then you know what? Trust God for someone to send you an offering to support your ministry if that's what you're looking for. Your concern should not be for the, for the money. Your concern should be to transmit the power and the anointing of God to help somebody get free and not have to pay for it. And I love these ones where you've got to, you ever see those games? You've got to spread your legs out and put them on the right colors and all that, spin the dial and all, all these different things. And you put your hand out. My children had one of those games one time. I love the ones that they come in the mail. Like, you know, lay this thing out on the floor, you know. Put your hand over here on my palm and put your foot over here on this one. And you're, you're oh, yeah. I'm not talking about people that you don't know now, beloved. Whoo. You know, people you see on TV. I mean, and you think, yeah, this is real, this is real nice. And I wrote to one and I said, uh, do you know what you're actually doing? You're, you're, you're taking advantage of the people. It would, it would not return my... My, my note or my call, I called and said, do you realize that you're playing upon the emotions of people for the purpose of gaining money? Didn't realize that. I said, you didn't realize that. Beloved, do you know if I told you to stand somewhere 
and repeat after, just repeat this particular scripture. My God supplieth all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And if I told you, you do that for 21 days. You stand on this spot. I'm going to send you to your house. You know, you're going to get a letter from Christian Assembly. I'm just teasing them. Okay. And it's going to tell you now, what you do is you stand somewhere, on, you know, put your feet and my footprints will be on it. Pete, Pete's, Pete's got bigger feet than me. Someone who's got some pretty good... I've not always been this big. And you stand with your foot, you know, your feet on my footprints. And if you for 21 days said, my God supply all my need, according to his riches and glory of Christ Jesus, you're going to get a financial miracle. If you say you need $100. Let me show you how that's just playing on, on people's lives. I mean, these people understand the law of faith and confession. You can stand on a building somewhere and say, my God supplies all my needs. For 21 days, it'll finally register upon your heart, won't it? And then God will, God will make it good because God will watch over his word. Standing on those footprints have nothing to do with it. Are you getting this? Or love the ones you've got to lay on the floor, just lay, just lay on top of those things, you know. I mean, how far will people go in doing these things? But what I'm saying is this, little by little, they open themselves up to seducing spirits, and little by little, they are drawn away from the message of the truth. And then they open up themselves to seducing spirits. But, see, these people wouldn't respond because they knew it was true. You know, I, I just said, I, I just mentioned to them that what you're doing, you know as well as I do, that if they confess the word for 21 days straight with regard to a certain situation, that God will watch over that word and perform it. has nothing to do with them standing on that piece of paper with your footprints on. It has nothing to do with them doing this and all these different crazy, bizarre things that you've asked them to do. You're just getting them to act on the word of God that way. And you want them to send you money, making them think that it's because what you told them to do came from God. Well, I had one send me a letter, called me out by name and said, said to me to do this, that, that God specifically did this and told me this. And it was no sooner true that I'm standing on Mars right now. But they wanted money and expected me to believe that that was a prophetic thing that God gave them for my life. Beloved. I say don't do it. Let's all stand before the Lord. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.